This is Eric from Cheyenne, Wyoming, and you're listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Welcome in to another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Adam Minnick, Lonnie Goldsmith, Richard Cote here. First line, as we love to call it. Gentlemen, this is uh, Friday, Friday the 2nd, we're recording this. And shockingly, Lonnie, news broke before we hit the record button this week. I was so excited to be able to tweet that today. <laughs> oh, my God. It was. You tweeted a post that has since been taken down. Oh, yep. did it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> the Kings took down their own post at one point. I mean, were they walking back, firing the guy? Am I getting ahead of us? Or? <laughs> so for those late breaking, um, by the way, brought to you by MyCustomSportsChair.com. Check it out, MyCustomSportsChair.com, where you can go to get all your stuff, logos on chairs that you want. Um, Tom McClellan, fired, um, who last time we recorded this, I checked, we were talking about the vote of confidence Rob Blake gave him for the rest of the season. The kiss of death. Yep. Yep. As ever. So what's uh, the, the Kings within, within uh, let's see, what is it? Two minutes of each other put out a tweet about the statement. Todd McClellan relieved Jim Heiler in. And then a thank you two minutes later. Thank you, Todd McClellan. Like really mm-hmm. like guys, I mean, I, I get it. You, you try to be nice, but when you fire a guy, just fire a guy. We, we don't need to thank you tweet. Two minutes later. Or, or just if, do it in the same tweet. Same tweet. Right. Right. It can all fit in the same thing, especially like the original tweet that I quote tweeted, which apparently was taken down, was like a screenshot, was like a graphic of their statement. Just work the thank you in. If you are that yeah. pleased to have him there, you wouldn't have fired him. Well, they did the second paragraph. We want to thank Todd for his hard work and dedication to the organization. So they bring in Heiler, who, who's been an assistant and first-time head coaching. Guys, like this was inevitable in my opinion. So minimal, well, mid-expectations for LA. They had a good year last year. I think there were expectations coming in. They get out to a run, over a hundred-point season pace. They, they hit the crapper in the last month. Um, McClellan took some blame for it after Blake said that he's fine for the year. But rewind before the season. They re-signed him for a one-year deal. I mean, this was like a ticking time bomb from preseason. It's like, you know, a, a, a landlord putting you on a month-to-month lease. It's like, yeah, you can stay here, but I don't know for how long. Yeah, it's hard to feel real committed when, you, I mean, you, the vote of I mean, the vote of confidence technically came to January 18th, but really it was the it happened before the season with that kind of contract. Yeah. I mean, they, they get, like he was going into his lame duck year. So instead of signing him through a long term, they give him a one year extension. So now they owe him for a year and a half of pay, which not much in the, like, I mean, because if they wait till after the season, another lame duck, year, I mean, coach, whatever reason, coaches don't like lame duck years. Apparently we, we can't have coaches on the final year of their deal coaching a season anymore. It's, it's like not a thing in the NHL. Right. I mean, I sort of understand why, but yeah. So anybody surprised? Not really. What did we, I, I, I remember we talked about it. What did we, what did we think was the date he was going to be fired? 
because none of us, I don't think, thought that this meant anything. The vote of confidence, right? No, I said right. February. I, I I didn't think they do it during the All Star break. I I thought mid February. I didn't think it was going to be two weeks later. I mean, this is the time to do it in the schedule. I mean, I, things I, are I wide agree. open. Yeah, I mean, this makes the most sense. I just, I mean, I, you don't. I also didn't expect an All Star to show up at the All Star game in a different jersey than when he last played. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this has been a weird all-star break. It happened last year too, though. It did happen last year. It did happen last year. But yeah, I mean, Elias Lindholm traded from Calgary to Vancouver, who now has, I think, 23 all-stars on the roster. All on the <laughs> same team. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. Yep. But no, he, he's he's a Canuck now. There, there's six of them. They're uh, Andre Kuzmeko, the first, the fourth, and the 24th. In the 2024 draft, go back to Calgary along with two minor leaguers in Bruzewitz and Yermo. Um, Vancouver's all in? I guess. Yeah. I mean, they'd have to be with that deal. Oh, I mean, you're, you're getting a free agent. You gave up two draft picks for him? Yeah. I mean, why, why not? But, uh, I mean, the Pacific is making all the news at the All-Star game. You've got a fired coach by the fourth-place team. And the number one team adds a really good player. I mean, literally all-star caliber player to a place they already have a seven-point lead in. Trying to protect that spot from the uh, – we need to talk about the surging Edmonton Oilers, 16 in a row before the all-star break. Talk about their bye week and the all-star break coming at the worst time. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's surging Oilers, fired coach in L.A., Adding to the top in the league. Oh, and by the way, Vegas still playing really well in the last couple of weeks. I mean, the Pacific is just, I mean, they're, they're owning the world, man. Stay up late. Hockey after dark. Best hockey. It is right now. It is. I, I, I'm not even kidding. So, Lonnie, what thoughts of the trade? I mean, Vancouver giving up a one for an expiring... I mean, all-star? Um, I mean, it feels steep. Um, a one, you know, a one and a four this year plus uh, another player plus prospects, that feels real steep for an expiring. And I'm kind of wondering what kind of tone that sets for the rest of the uh, rest of the trade window. I mean, you got this trade. You got the Monahan trade earlier today. Arguably, the top two centers on most draft boards going for pretty steep prices. It's a well, it's it's surprising to me. I'm wondering if all these pieces were part of just unloading salary because Vancouver has absolutely no cap space. So you you get rid of a player, dump a little bit of salary throw in a couple of picks to have them retain a little bit more salary. Although I don't know how much, was there any salary retained in this one? Nothing being reported in the Lindholm move that was retained. Hmm. Okay. That I'm seeing. No, oh. cap friendly is not showing any uh, salary retention. Okay. On the flames page. But, I mean, cause I mean, you got to remember Kuzmenko is a five and a half this year and next year. So, That's so true. it's not, so, I mean, they did unload salary in that regard, you know, cause, cause Lindholm, Lindholm comes in only at four, eight. 
That's right. So they, they did unload yeah. salary. They did. Yeah, Kuzmenko's no throw-in. I mean, 43 games, 21 points. Not bad for an undrafted 27-year-old. No. No, very true. So, I mean, Calgary's getting a quality player back. The, the really interesting thing, you know, the Vancouver, the Vancouver side of it, looking beyond this year, yes, they have absolutely no cap space right now. They do not have a lot of people signed beyond this year, though. That's why you go for it this year. Yeah. Yeah. This is their year. Yeah, potentially. I mean, the window, they, they have pried the window open. They have, oh, yeah. One forward who's uh, 30 or older. This is a young, this is a really young team. Which, who, who happens to be the only guy that they have a long-term contract for, oddly right. enough. Right. In JT Miller. Right, through the end of the 29-30 season in eight, eight per. It's a long time from now. Um, I mean, the, the biggest thing that, that, I mean, this is so big. So think about this. Vancouver has given up four draft picks in the 2024 draft to go for it. Yep. They don't pick till the third round. They have jerseys fourth, two in the sixth, and one in the seventh. So they, they can't reload next year. But like you said, they're young. They, they need to re-sign, not draft. Yeah. Right. They're going to, they're going to build. They've already, here's the thing with them. They've already built through the draft. Yes. Patterson, Besser is signed for next year. Patterson, you're going to have to pay. Um, but you know, a lot of their guys, they've, they've drafted. Um, and so they've built through the draft already. You've just got to keep, you got to decide who of your guys you're going to, you're going to keep. And yes, that's going to get expensive and, you don't you don't leave yourself a ton of room, but um, they, they, this is this is their play. They made their big any move they would want to do in the off season or in the lead up to the draft. They've made now. Yep. So yep. yeah, I'm I'm going to be interested where where Lindholm slots in once they uh, once they get back from the uh, from the break. I mean, yeah. probably your number two center. I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. So did Vancouver get better over the All-Star break? I yes. think so. Yep. Yeah. Did LA's situation improve over the All-Star break? No. Uh, jury's out. I'll, I'll say this. I've, and you guys know this from being on the pod for as long as we've done this now. I, I've never been a huge Todd McClellan fan. Every, <laughs> you've, ne- this, I mean, listen, for the listeners out there, this long predates the right. pod. This is every conversation you and I have ever had where Todd but McClellan's name gets mentioned. They literally changed everything. It took them forever to change the goalie, but they literally changed everything in San Jose except the coach, and they kept getting the same results. Todd McClellan in his couple of years with LA hasn't finished above third place. Hasn't won a playoff series. I'm not saying he's not a really good coach, but I, I mean, when, when you make the playoffs, lose to Edmonton twice, never finished above third place. You're going into a tailspin. 
I, I think LA got better. I, I, I'm not sure Heiler's the answer, but I think they got addition by subtraction in just my opinion of, of Todd McClellan overall as a coach. Yeah. I mean, it may well be an addition by subtraction situation. Well, I, I think uh, Lonnie has a, a perfect point here. I mean, jury's still out. We'll, we'll still have to wait to see how the team responds to Hiller being behind the bench, being their head coach. Um, you know, it, it could be more of the same. And in, in that case, no, they did not get any better. The, the only thing that I think of that obviously they don't think Rob Blake doesn't think the locker room is broken because he elevated an assistant, a voice that's already been there. Yeah. So it's, I think it's more of an indictment on McClellan than the coaching staff and the team. It feels very specific to something, something happened in the last 12 days, 14 days that changed Rob Blake's mind. I think Rob Blake's mind was already made up when he made that vote of confidence. He was just trying to, you know, get the team to rally around a, a coach who is already on the way out. Hmm. I'm I not mean, sure. He, he must think it's salvageable. He must think that there's a, a shot to get it, you know, sneak into the wild card. I mean, there is. I mean, they're solidly in the wild card contention. Right. Um, I mean, th- this is different than Edmonton because Edmonton went outside. Yeah. They, they yeah. fired a head coach and an assistant and then brought in an outsider. So they lost the locker room is what was determined there. If the, the coaching staff hasn't lost the locker room, if you're promoting an assistant that's in the locker room to take over. To, like, this is a very, like, when you promote the assistant, it's one thing if it's, a crappy team that's not making the playoffs and you're just placeholdering this, they're still fighting for a playoff. So you had to think about the hire. This is an indictment on McClellan. That's fair. Yeah, no, I think that's very fair. And I think if you, first of all, I think it's really bizarre that his only head coaching jobs have been in the Pacific. And so after seven years at San Jose, it took him finally missing the playoffs to get fired, but he immediately got a job again with Edmonton. And it kind of makes you wonder the teams that are hiring him are the teams that see him all the time as a division rival. He's had a really successful regular season career as a coach. He has no question. Uh, And, and, San Jose, back in the Jumbo Joe days and when Nabokov was in it, they were fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, back-to-back conference finals. Right. So that's what sits in the mind, I think, of a lot of the guys hiring is how good and deep those San Jose teams were in the regular season. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, and that's the yes. thing. It's not like It's not like he took some time off or went back to work as an assistant, and that's what people are leaning on. He's got a lot of years in between that, and he gets jobs right away. So he gets fired by San Jose, and Edmonton immediately snaps him up. And he made the playoffs once in three full seasons and got fired 20 games into his fourth season. And then immediately gets a job with the Kings with two missed playoffs and then two first-round exits. 
it's a, but his name was being bandied about in other teams. I wonder if he wanted to stay West, if he's the one that decided, because we we heard some other name. I mean, Philly was rumored at one point for him. Um, I can't remember if Winnipeg or Minnesota, there were names else. There there were spots elsewhere. I think Florida was was a name that was in there. So it's, it's not like he wasn't rumored elsewhere. True. I mean, but I get your point. The guys that see him, they wanted him bad. Yeah. That's why the GM, the GMs are smarter than we are. We've, we've never uh, won an NHL game of any sort in any form, except on a TV screen with controllers yeah. in our hands. That's right. But, yeah. Dominate. Here's a, here's a bigger number, guys. Sixth head coach fired this season. Hmm. It's like a fifth of the league is gone. Yeah. How many did we like have a- during the regular season last? Like three? Why, why are you asking questions that I don't have research on? So let's I thought you would actually- do the research. Let's take it one further, though. There are now that is now thirteen head coaching changes since the end of last season. Yeah. Can that's, we try? I have it in front of me. Y'all want to try to name them? <laughs> thirteen head coaching changes since the end of last season. Yes. Ooh. Hmm. Okay. I can, I can do this. I, I can do some of it. Okay. Well, this this year, Islanders. Sends Oilers, Wild Kings Blues. Right, that's that's the in season. Yes, Washington. Yes, Seabus. Uh, yes, not just once, but twice. twice. Yeah, they did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, did I say Anaheim? You did not. You did now. Anaheim. Yep. Ooh, this, is, this is fun. How many am I up to? You're down to three. Three left. Three left. Uh, I can't. Did the Coyotes do something? No, they did not. They did not. Okay. Winnipeg didn't do it. That was the year before, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Flyers did, didn't they? Did we say Flyers already? Oh, nope. That was there you go. Tortorella. No, it wasn't. Tortorella was the year before. Oof, was he? Oh. Buffalo. This is his second year. Nope. Florida? Am I missing? We're, we're down to three. Down to three. Oh, Toronto. No. <laughs> oh, that was GM. No, they, they did. That front was office. GM. No, just, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, GM. Front office. It's definitely not Cooper. Not Montreal, right? They didn't. Nope. That was two years. No, they ago. did not. Yeah. We we did mention one of these teams in relation to one of the trades. Vancouver. No. I mean, Calgary? Other, end, other end, Calgary. That's right. Oh, they did GM too, didn't they? Because tree yep. loving was, yep. yeah, he flipped. Mm-hmm. Okay. They did GM and coach. Who's the other one? Rangers and the Preds. You know, you forget the Preds because they never fire anybody. Always right. forget the Preds. Yeah. 13 head coaching changes since the end of the 22-23 season. That's NFL-like. Wow. It is. That's beyond NFL-like. Yeah. That is remarkable. Wow. 12 teams, 13 coaching changes in half a season. That's phenomenal. It's not good. Also, it's borderline insane. <laughs> it is. How many GMs were changed then, too? That's another question. 
How much of it is GM based? I don't know. That information is courtesy of uh, Pierre Lebrun's tweet earlier today. Okay. I was wondering how you got that in front of you so quick. Not from himself. We know oh, that. God, no. <laughs> Thank you, Pierre. Research? What are you talking about? Pierre's good. Okay. So, yeah. So, we got a couple trades. Uh, Sean Monahan traded. Winnipeg gives up a first a, this year and a conditional third in 2027. So this from Dan Rosen, which I think is phenomenal. The Canadians acquired a 2025 first rounder from Calgary to take on Monaghan. And at the time his 6.375 AAV, they acquired a first to get rid of him. They got two firsts and 52 points in 74 games from him. That is not bad. Kent Hughes doing some work there to pick up two firsts for a little under a season's worth of Sean Monahan to take on that money. That's how you collect assets. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is pretty good work. Well done Montreal. Huh? Yeah. That's really, that is some sound work with, uh, I don't think it was a big number, uh, on the cap hit that's left either there. Monahan's got no, just one nine, one nine eight five. Yeah. With with he can earn a whopping fifteen grand in performance bonuses. Hey, <laughs> I, I mean Montreal. Hey, did, Montreal's a team that's capped out too. Like they, yeah, yeah. they get a little relief and just stockpile picks. They've got, you know, five in the first three rounds, plus two more in the fifth and three in the seventh. Like they are asset, uh, asset loaded right now. Well, Monahan's a guy that his first five, six years in the league, really good. Yeah. And then the last four, not not great. Point production yeah. way down. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big price for Winnipeg to pay for what is, by all accounts, seems like it's going to be their number three center. Yeah, I mean, he, he, what Calgary signed him to a seven year, $44 million contract back in 16. That's just a silly contract. This year, he's <laughs> on a one year, $2 million contract. That's either a. I mean, he's coming off an injury. He is. And it's a little bit of a show, like a show me something contract. Oh, yeah, a little. $2 million? But also, like the guy was making six three. He's also trying to. I I feels like trying to maintain a little flexibility to make make a trade like this happen. I'm just. It's just amazing his drop off and how he only got a two million dollar contract. I mean, you see players get it. Twenty nine years old. He's not old. No, Mm-mm. he's finishing his prime. But yeah. So, um, I mean, it, I think it's a great trade for Montreal. Like you documented, it's a great there. trade for Montreal really well. Yep. Yep. So, and you know, he's, he's turned into a, I don't even know if he's a top six forward anymore. No, I don't think he is. I think he's a middle six guy. So yeah, it, it gives Winnipeg depth. Um, you know, it, it's a team in Winnipeg that, that has no cap space to use. So they got a guy to fill a depth spot as a third line winger. Yep. You know, to, to continue to play veteran, some playoff experience. So, I mean, it, I think Montreal wins this trade. Yeah. I, I mean, 
taking a first round pick for Monaghan, I think is phenomenal. Yeah. And again, like I said earlier, if that's the price for, for a guy like Sean Monaghan at this stage in his career, it's going to, the market is going to be real interesting to watch as we get into it. It's going to be real interesting to watch. So, but yeah, King Hughes, good job. Got, got his, uh, got his team better. So, and I don't think, I I don't think Montreal is uh, done. And I, I think a Tanner Pearson is, is next to go from that team. Yeah. And they can retain salary. Um, you know, I think even a David Savard could go. Um, and I'm still interested to see what happens with Jake Allen. Goalies yeah. are needed. Goalie, oh, goalies are definitely needed. Big time. And I mean, Montebal is their future. They, they made that this year with giving him the extension early enough. So We'll see. Yeah. But I mean, we've had two trades and a coach firing in the all-star game. Um, and speaking of the all-star game, the draft was back. The draft was hey. back and sobriety ruled. And they did it in front of, <laughs> they, and they did it in front of fans and it wasn't as fun as when they did it before. And they also did it before college basketball so they could like get on ESPN. Yeah. So it was like over by the time anybody, in the left side of the country was sitting down to do anything. It happened before I realized it was happening. Oh, that's that so I, much about a lot of things in your life though. It really does. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be honest that, that you're not a good barometer of that. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had it on Philip and I were, were watching it last night because we were waiting for the uh, PWHL three on three, which was a good game. That was a good game. But you had to flip over to your computer. To watch no. after watching the other one we on TV. We were watching it on uh, ESPN Plus. Well, okay. So, so some of us were like watching the draft on the TV and then you had to move over and YouTube it. YouTube had no commentary, by the way. It was weird. Yeah. That's strange. Yeah, the PWHL YouTube feed had no, had no broadcaster. Right? So some of us don't get ESPN Plus, so we have to rely on the way we've been watching the P-Dub. But yeah, um, any thoughts on, on, on the draft? I mean, I, it was great. Um, <laughs> I, I will say that, 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 that one of, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite folks down goes Brown, Sean McIndoe. I mean, he's great. Cause he's Stargy. His, his, he did like a pick and pass type thing on the athletic. Um, his, his final pass was nobody was drunk. Boo this league. <laughs> that's, my that, that's what, how they had so much fun the first time. And there were hurt feelings of the last pick and they avoided the last, but like it was sterile. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, t- picking rosters on an all-star game, I'm, I'm not excited about it anyway. I mean, we, we almost had a trade. It looked like, but we didn't get it. I mean, Hughes and McKinnon were talking at one point. You thought maybe, but we didn't get it. I mean, that, that'd be the ultimate fun is, is a trade. Um, there was obviously a strategy by different strategies by two of the four teams. One team was like, I'm going to draft everybody I want to play with. Cause I already play with them. Yep. And then the others are like, I just want to play with the best players. Which is so, okay. So obviously that's team Matthews wanted to, you know, all the, the Leafs end up together. Right. Yes. That's who's the, I mean, they're all the best players. Also, you have the best player in the world, like as a team captain. I mean, that's 
I mean, the McDavid team is just loaded. Yeah. I mean, in what world does, does pasta last to the number five pick? That was that first line. I mean, that, that it's going to be crazy. Right. That, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I want one year where they just throw the sticks in the middle, separate them like pond hockey, and then make your trades after that. Something it's I, honestly, the best part about the whole thing may have been uh, Michael Buble's press conference. Did That's you guys catch this? I caught a part of it on uh, Twitter this morning. Oh my God. Somehow fantasy hockey turning into taking mushrooms. <laughs> I, it had like, it's so non NHL. It was great. That's awesome. I missed that part. Oh yeah. It, he, he was talking to his fantasy team and then he tripped it. I'm you have to watch. I can't even explain it. You have to watch it. All right. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Team Hughes is like all Vancouver and, and New Jersey. It's like the Hughes boys grabbed all their teammates and then filled in some open spots. Apparently yeah, they yeah. couldn't get Lindholm off team McKinnon though. Well, they really, he really wasn't a, he's, he's not really a teammate yet. If you don't play a game with a guy, can you call him a teammate yet? I don't know. Well, you like a guy to feel game. welcome. Yeah. I mean, even Lindholm said, he said it was kind of weird. Like I stood in front of my locker nameplate. There was a Canucks logo already on it. Like he did like, he, <laughs> no, I know he's never played a game in that logo. And yeah, apparently he got he, like when he, uh, his phone started working like halfway through his flight or something like that. And his phone started blowing up. That's <laughs> when so he, he was traded. Yeah. I'm like, okay, there you go. Wow. Yep. So, um, Skills competition tonight, the new the new skills competition. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Could be fun. It's the Connor McDavid skills competition. Apparently, he yeah. had a lot of Basically, he had a this. lot to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So good, good, good on them for doing that. Uh, then we got the All Star game Saturday. Yay! Yay. We'll see how it goes. Whatever. Starts at <laughs> three o'clock Eastern on your Disney, your favorite Disney network choose a couple of them so and and by the way <laughs> the three letter abbreviations that they're just forced to use because that's what the scoreboards you know force you to and all that it, it, they're very confused you, you if you don't know you don't know like hughes yeah. is hgs hugs yep love that guy versus matt and then you have mcd versus mcn <laughs> i mean it's 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 like okay yeah so in terrible jerseys. Oh God. Yeah. Did you seeing them on some of the players that they're better. even worse, better or worse, I, or worse. I think they're worse. worse. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. They're bad. Um, I will say the uh, team King uh, team class jerseys were pretty sweet. Those were, I did like the PWHL jerseys. Yeah. yeah. Those are simple and slick. So, and by the way, team, uh, team Claus, great goalie pads. The old school goalie pads that both their goalies were wearing. Yeah. Which is what they were during the season. But yeah, it was, it was good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. So Savannah Harmon, five points. She figured it on all five of her team's goals. That's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Hat-trick, five goals and 17 shots. Yeah. That's efficient. Yeah. <laughs> It's good to see him just like having fun too. I mean, you're like, Oh, this is an all-star game. This is great. You know, and what I really liked is for the, for the non diehard fan, 
I mean, LaRock and Coin Schofield scored, but besides that, it wasn't the 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 usual names that you're expecting. You know, Nurse didn't show up there. Fast, I think, had an assist. Michelle Poulan, I think, had a couple of helpers. But we really got to see how deep the women's game is. It wasn't the six names that everybody knows that were out there just wheeling and scoring. Yeah. No, that's definitely, and it's obviously good for the growth of the game. The more yeah. you can expect, I mean, look, I think it's always going to be U S versus Canada on that stage. You know, you get to that stage, but at least for now, but I think that anything, you you know, anytime you see some of the younger, yep. younger players, players that aren't household names yet, getting that opportunity to shine is good. Good for the growth of the game. We also got some announcements. A lot of international announcements got released yesterday. But we'll go in order of years. Uh, next year, we're going to have a Four Nations face-off, February 2025. Uh, th- this could be an amazing jersey tournament, by the way. U.S., Canada, Finland, Sweden. Yes. U.S. and Canada just don't screw it up. Well, Canada don't screw it up. Oh yeah, U.S. has, they, se- US has seemed to settle into to the eighties and sixties. Yeah, but like I wouldn't put it past them to do something stupid. Canada, don't screw it up with the all black nonsense. Yes, those are yes. terrible. Yeah, history, blah blah. No, no, yeah, whatever. Listen, Swe- listen, Sweden and Finland are so good. They're going to win the jersey game no matter what. At least, like, at least hang and try to compete with that. Don't, don't, don't get cute. Yeah. So. No All-Star game next year. Seven games over nine days from February 12th through 20th in a round-robin format. Uh, Then some kind of semifinals and finals, I would assume. Um, And it's going to be in two cities announced at a later date. One in Canada, one in the U.S. So, interesting. I thought they announced it. They didn't announce cities yet. Nope. Hmm. They just said one in Canada, one in the U.S. So it's going to be a northern U.S. city because you're going to want to limit travel. I mean, it's going to be New York, but I don't think I, I, I don't think Buffalo, so. Detroit, Minnesota. I say I would say Boston, Detroit, maybe, maybe Chicago. Minnesota. Yeah, I mean Bedard's going to be there. Yeah, you don't want to make him travel too much. I mean, I'm just, it, it's, you'd assume it's going to be northern, close it, to border. I, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be in that area. I just assume New York, biggest market. I, I'm actually, I, I'm going to predict right now predictions that we love to make. I'm going to go Vancouver and Minnesota. I'm going to okay. say Montreal and Boston. <laughs> yeah every, uh, every hockey night in canada matchup there i'm gonna say toronto new york all right okay listen I, adam i hope you're right <laughs> yeah <laughs> somebody's gonna want to get a press pass and go certainly i would jump at that chance yeah <laughs> um it, it, look I, I i very much hope i'm wrong but you know short flights yeah between the two I think two Western cities is going to be tough for that. It's going to be tough for TV. It's going to be tough for travel. 
Yep, that's why I think I'm Vancouver, Minnesota. That's what I'm going with. That's why I think you're wrong. I'm just saying I hope you're right. Minnesota's Western? You consider that a Western city? No, I'm saying Minnesota to Vancouver is not a, it's not the shorter, it's travel complex. Three hour flight at most? No, it's longer than that. Longer than that? It's it's about four hour. It's faster going back to Minnesota. Yes. And then we found out uh, the NHL is committed to the 2026 Olympic Games in Italy. Going to be played on NHL size rink, which is unique for an European hockey venue. And then uh, the 2030 Olympics, which are supposedly in the French Alps, will be also there. So Team France really going to be strong as a host country with all their depth. First of all, Huey may have to come out of retirement. Yeah, because the Italian team is going to be super loaded. And they've done this once before. We've seen that. We've seen that story. That's true. Yep. And and supposedly uh, the, the rink is going to be ready in Milan. That's the latest. If not, they're going to go back to Torino and play on the rink that they did a handful of years ago. In 06. Yeah, that's the backup plan. Is They already have the rink. They'll just use it again, and we won't play in Milan. Yeah. yeah. Because that won't be a logistical nightmare for housing and stuff. Not even a little bit. No, no. So, but I, I thought guys interesting NHL size rinks for the Olympics. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I like the bigger rinks of the Olympics. I, I love the bigger rinks of the international play. Just all that space that you don't normally get to see if you're just following the NHL. Um, I, it, it'll be great to see, uh, you know, NHLers back in, in the Olympics, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold on uh, my excitement for NHL-sized rinks in the Olympics. I love it. I want the best players to play in what they're used to and have a real tournament of what they're used to. Yeah, I'm good with that. I agree. Okay. Yeah. You can go to World Arena and watch big rinks. I will. They're still playing on a big rink there, right? I think so. CC still playing the big rink? I think they are. That building used to be a big ring building. Didn't CC CC just built their own built a new arena though? I think. Uh, it's been a while since I paid attention to them. Um, yeah, I I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, that's that's what we've got there. Um, lot, like I said, they, they they really a lot of international news, but so. The next year's tournament's interesting. I mean, we, basically, the Russian situation's not going to subside, is what they've decided. Um, because I think they're almost forced to the four teams because the rule is that you have to have, be an NHL player to play in the, the Four Nations tournament. So I think that's why Chechia or Slovakia kind of on the outside looking in. Yeah. Number of players to fill a team. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to, I mean, a bummer, but like, I also understand it. Right. Yeah. And by the way, you're right. Uh, Ed Robson arena opened in 2021, Lonnie. And it is an NHL sheet. It is a 200 by 85. Yes. So having, I, I have played on an Olympic sheet. It is that extra 15 feet is a long way. Yes. Yeah. You think you're you you think you're at the boards to you know at the end of a shift and it's like oh my god I gotta keep it's like four more strides. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it is. a lot of work. And, and that's kind of what I like is seeing the NHL players a little bit out of their element, like 
trying to figure out that extra distance. Uh, just it makes it interesting to me. Yep, he, you know, Lonnie wanted to cut down on his strides, and with Manscaped, you can cut down on your man here. Manscaped.com/phn. Get your Manscaped. Trim up everything you want. Look good. Trim good. Shorten up the strides. Yeah. That was good. That, that, better. It was better than last time. Definitely you better than last time. You didn't see it coming. I did. That's true. Didn't I mean, see that it was coming. that was good. <laughs> I deserve a little bit. A little bit. I give you a little. Yeah, yeah it was definitely. I, I was reaching two weeks ago. That was tough. It was. It was definitely, definitely reaching. So, um, did you guys read the uh, the yearly poll on the athletic? <laughs> sure did. <laughs> right. I love that every year. Um, Fantastic. The Athletic comes out with their anonymous player poll every year, uh, compiled by numerous, numerous writers. Um, it's good. It, it's good. About 200 players answered this year. Um, I don't know if you've heard. Uh, Nathan McKinnon apparently is is who they think is the best player in the world. So, uh, just kidding. Just yeah. kidding. I was hoping he was going to break 20% of the poll, but yeah. not, not quite. Connor McDavid, 69%. He broke. 10% of the poll. That's pretty good, yeah. honestly. Yeah. McKinnon and Kucherov, second and third distant. And then there's a bunch of players that were there. Um, best goalie in the league. I was a little surprised at this. And that it was still the, Vasilevsky. That it was by so much. By so much. Triple, and I guess what tripled, tripled up Hallebuck. What surprised me most of how low Swayman was. Yeah. Shesterkin, Sorokin, Demko, and Hellebuck above Swayman. I mean, the players Feels like, like uh, I mean, it's just sort of longevity at this point. Just haven't seen enough of Swayman. I guess players seem to love Hellebuck. They, they see something I don't. May, yeah. yeah, maybe he's a good guy to play I, against. I don't know. I guess. And the Demko one surprised me too, because he's, yeah, that definitely. Are we sure? Are we me. sure he's a fla- real or a flash in the pan? That's that's kind of the the thing. Um, Mark Andre Fleury getting two percent of the vote. Okay, that that's a popularity contest. That's yeah. and, and that was actually one of the one of the players quoted in that section. Basically said, "I just yeah. like him the best." Yeah, and then apparently not? Jordan Binning, Jordan Binnington had a couple teammates that answered. <laughs> Seriously, Maybe. or his so, family? Who knows? I'm I'm not even. Do his teammates like him? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, just, um, I'm just asking I, a question. I'm wondering yeah. too, but here's the question. Certainly not year. an opponent. No, no, no. The question every year that that's almost a waste, but it, it it's it's tells you about the league. The most underrated player. I I want to see the like I want the anonymity to come down. I want to know how many teammates get voted for in the most under I bet you most people vote for a teammate. Oh yeah, in that category, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I want to know who other this... is the winner. By the way, yeah, I want to know who other is and and how can it, we it's sign a... him? Other, um, yeah. I follow Panarin, Marshan, Marshan's underrated. Rust, McAvoy, Sprong, Devin Taves, Barthus, and Doubt, Dowdy, Elias Peterson. What? Yeah, Good Branson, Philip Forsberg, Barbashev, Quinn, Moser, Pavelski. Spence, JT Miller, Fiala, Dotzel, Mark Stone, Barzell, Samuelson, Nick Paul, Ehlers, McDonough, Couturier, Sidney Crosby, Bluger, 
uh, Tuvo Teravainen, Frederick, Trevor Moore, Tyler Myers, Nikushkin, Hedman, Yanni Gord. They each got a vote in the other category. At least one. Hmm. Sidney Crosby's hmm. underrated. <laughs> JT Miller's underrated. Matt Barzal. Drew, Artemi Panarin, Drew Doughty. Like, teammates. That, I blame teammates. He didn't want to vote for somebody. Alexander Barkov is the only guy that got more than 10% of the vote. Yep. Moving on. The, yeah. most over, the most overrated player in the league. I love it. Other with 26%. A yep. couple names on the list that, that stand out. Uh, Brady Kachuk. David Pasternak. Dougie Hamilton. Drew Doughty. Underrated and overrated. Dylan Larkin. <laughs> Jack Eichel. Uh, John Tavares. Chris Letang. Mark Stone. Patrick Kane. I don't know who's overrating him right now. TJ Oshie, William Carlson amongst those. Trevor Zegris, the only guy over 10%. Wait, can we go back to Trevor Carrick getting a vote for most over... Who's overrating him? I didn't even mention him in the list. I know, that's what I'm saying. I saw that name and I'm like, who the hell is overrating him? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, Trevor Zegris, it's... It's an interesting... uh, I mean, at this point, it's almost runaway, given yeah. so how most players, of the people voted other. Players saying he's a one-trick pony. That, that, that's essentially what I'm That's guessing. what it means. Absolutely. Yeah. Honestly. The, the, he's known for the Michigan and nothing else is what they're saying? Basically. Yeah. 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 And honestly, not sure the players are wrong. So a shocking, I think a shocking 147 votes in, the player in the league's face you most want to punch. Brad Marchand did not win. I was shocked about that. He, yeah, he plays under is, other. Nick Cousins? That's I, wild to me. I mean, I get it, but I, I, didn't, I, I didn't expect that. 28% yeah. of the vote. Runaway. Not, I mean, not even the Kachucks combined hit Marchand, which... He doubled Marchand. Like, Mar- Cousins doubled Marchand. Yeah, no. And Marchand doubled Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. Just crazy the others in this category are fun so like some i totally get and some i just don't understand here like alex petrangelo alexis lafreniere andrew cop i you know ben sherratt sherratt i kind of get i get Um, montour i get montour i get gallagher oh yeah nurse i get get yes frank vetrano jake wallman like you know, Rasmus Dahlin, Ryan Hart, Ryan Hartman, I kind of get to Ryan Suter. I kind of get, I, I had to look up uh, Vantrino's current team. I, I forgot he wasn't still in Boston. Vetrano. Where is Vetrano? Anaheim. Oh yeah. See, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Mackenzie Entwistle, who's a, an on again, off again, fourth liner for the Blackhawks. Right. Mason. Right. Marchman, I mean, that's like, the thing. Like, it feels like, with with some exceptions, obviously the Kachucks and Marchand, I think jump out. Yeah, like most of these guys are probably a little bit down. And Nazem Kadri, Nazem Kadri being at only two percent shocked me. Yes. Mm. Yes. I really thought that was going to be higher. But what what about Tom Wilson under two percent? That was shocking too. That's shocking also. Evander Kane also under two percent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Radko Gudis under 2%. Give me, I mean, yeah, <laughs> just, I mean, so, some of the, some of these are wild choices. The ref one was interesting passion for me, of course, but also I, I think the players uh, are like the fans. What's oh, Macaulay yeah. Kelly Sutherland? Who's yeah. better on video review than those two? Nobody. Listen, Wes Macaulay, it's, you know, it's dinner and a show. Like yeah. <laughs> you, you love it. Yes. And Kelly Sutherland's become real good at it too. Yes. No, but, Wes set the bar very high for theatrics. Yeah. Um, it's good stuff. It is. Yeah. And, and even one of the, one of the players, I mean, they say you can talk to him and all that, but Hey, uh, he's kind of funny. He seems to have fun. I like the theatrics. Like, like that's great. Love it. Love it. But also, but like one of this other, you know, the other comments on Macaulay, he'll talk to you. If you get a penalty, he'll tell you what you did wrong. He's not one of those selfish guys who to try, who will try to take over the game. He's one of the honest guys. Like that's kind of yep. what you want. If you're not sure what it is, the ref should tell you, they shouldn't just blow you off. They should explain right. to you what you did wrong and what you, what you did to get, get rung up. Yeah. Of course, 7.6% of them also thought he was the worst ref. Good for fourth. Yeah. Well, good for third. Uh, Justin St. Pierre, 30% of them say, yeah, he's not good. Yeah. And, and here's the funny thing. He's 5% said he's 5% said he is the best though. Here, here's the thing about St. Pierre. He's not refereeing anymore. Yeah. He retired with an injury. Yeah. But enough guys well, didn't we don't, like we him. Don't really, well, also, we don't know when, what the time period was of the, uh, or did they say what the time period was in there? Uh, it's been, they, they do this every year, so. I know, I just don't know when they start yeah. asking people, yeah. so. Yeah. I, I, one of the players' quotes on why he voted for Macaulay is the worst. He had nothing personal or about communication. Quote, when I know he's the ref, I get called for a penalty all the time. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um. No shot to best Jersey in the league. The original six swept the top six spots. Yeah. I, I was just looking at not even a surprise. No, nope. the, the, it was a flip this year. The Red Wings were one last year. Yep. The Hawks are one this year. I do. I mean, it really is just a matter of who yet, who, who you're asking. Right. So that's going to change every year. That's going to change a lot of those numbers up, but yes, the, the, I mean, the original six should be the top six. And frankly, these are in the, yep. almost the correct order. But well, three three point four percent of the people are the dumbest hockey players I've ever met. Seriously, I'd, I'd like to have I'm, a discussion with them. I was going to say outside the the original six, like who's number two? Oh, Kraken, Kraken are the first one out of the original six. But Coyotes, come on, yeah, everybody on that list is better than there. No, Coyotes, we're number two. Yeah. They'll take it right that now. That works on so many levels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wild. Who likes the wild? The wild's another bad job. So, okay. Uh, favorite road city to play in. This is something that a couple of years. I mean, this is flipped completely over expansion. I mean, Las Vegas and New York, one in one A, essentially. Not a shock. Yeah. No. What's surprising to me, people don't like going to Toronto as much as they used to. Hmm. Toronto used to be really high on this list. Yeah. So. Yeah. Least, least favorite road city to play in. No surprise. Winter pig. Yep. Ottawa, Buffalo and Raleigh. Yep, Winnipeg, almost, almost half the 41%. They're like, yeah, no, thanks. 
You got it's, scenic open land over there and a stop sign right there. <laughs> cold, gray, not much to do. Yep. Nothing to do. It's always cold. I don't have anything against the people of the city. These are the various quotes. Uh, the complaint about Ottawa is where the rink is because it's not downtown. Right. That's always been, that's always been a problem. Um, apparently the reason Raleigh sucks is the locker rooms. Worst dressing room in the league. That's, that's it. Um, Arizona. Uh, one player said the arena is dog bleep. Not wrong. Another one. It's pathetic. It's not the show. Can't take it seriously. That's fair. Yep. Complaints I mean, else. A- so, ASU so, should have uh, something to say about that, but um, yeah, it's it's fair. The the dressing room stalls in Washington and Lonnie, this is near and dear to your heart. Minnesota St. Paul's problem: they don't like the hotel they stay in. Well, okay, I, I, there are some stories that I cannot tell here <laughs> be, for sourcing issues. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, they're not. The hotel they were staying at in the uh, in the COVID season, in the bubble season, where they were all f- ma- staying in the same hotel yeah. in each city, is not the hotel most of the teams are staying in now. Yeah, they're staying in the in, in a hotel, a a grand old hotel to be sure, but in, in downtown St. Paul. Emphasis on the old, re- uh, complete with lace doilies everywhere. It is, um, yeah, it's not where you want to be. And the reason somebody doesn't like playing in Columbus, the cannon. <laughs> now that just feels petty. Right. You know what? Most media hates the cannon too. That's <laughs> true. Seems. But it's always a fun pull. Always yeah. a fun pull. So, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the best, honestly, the favorite thing about this pull, like the best player in the world is like, oh yeah, okay, we all agree. Even play, yeah, that McJesus dude is pretty freaking good. And then Nate Dog, you're 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 almost really good, but you're just not Connor. No, and not many people can be. Yep. No, but honestly, nothing wrong with being a distant second to that guy. I mean, there are worse people you could be runner up to. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. No. It's about that time. I think so. It is. I'm going to save the other one because it's, it's part of my closing thought. Okay. So yeah. I'll, I'll yeah, take that's fine. that one. Um, yeah. So it is time for our PHN Picks of the Week. And you know what? We're in an all-star break. No games. But we do have the skills competition happening. Um, and we have six fantastic events that are going to be taking place in the new updated Connor McDavid approved skills competition. We have 12 skaters who are going to be participating and uh, a $1 million winner at the very end. Whoever tallies the most points in all six competitions gets to win the million dollars. So we are going to start out with the fastest skater. Uh, anybody not want to take McDavid? I got to find the list of who's in what. They're all competing in the same. They're all competing. All 12 are competing. Oh, in all, all 12 events. are in everything. That's right. Yeah. Oh, God. This is... Yeah. So Dylan, Dylan Larkin not able to be picked is what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Cause he is not an all-star this year. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go different just to be different. I mean, it's fair. I'll go McCarr. Okay. All right. Lonnie. I'm going to go Quinn. Hughes. 
good. If you went McDavid, I was going to change my pick, but no, no, no. I'm going to go Quinn Hughes. I, I'm going to stay with with McDavid until the guy loses. Like out of that roster, he is the fastest skater. All I right, disagree. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I, I get it. You, yep. Things can happen. You can take a misstep, and then boom, you're three seconds off of your pace. All right. So Hardest. by the but before we get going, but it's yep. not all twelve. Not everybody's taking part in everything. I, I thought it was everybody. And no, then each of the 12 all-stars will take part in four of the first four. six events. I thought. Did I miss? But that? then they have lineups listed for the individual events. So I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah. They take everybody's t- for the last two events. Everybody's doing the, I think it's the accuracy shooting and the passing challenge. They all do. Right. So reading off the NHL site, each of the 12 all-stars will take part in four of the first six events. Fastest skater, hardest shot, stick handling, one-timers, passing challenge, and the Cheetos NHL accuracy shooting. That's cheesy. Yeah. Ah. Well done. The top eight will advance to the seventh event, which is the one-on-one. And from there, the top six will advance to the final event, the obstacle course. But then on the NHL website, it lists the lineups for the all-star skills and it only lists McDavid, Nylander, Hughes, Makar, and Barzal for the fastest skater. Okay. So I guess they are the only ones who are taking there part we go. in yep. those four. Okay. So, so we each picked the, we have the right. We name. each picked somebody who's yep. participating. <laughs> okay. Then, okay. So then we go to the one, one timers. Let's go to one timers. One timers. One okay. One timers. One timers. Right. Um, you got Matthews. Is that what I see there? Richard. Well, that that was before I knew what the uh, roster was going to be. He's, He's in. in. Okay. Yep. So the one yeah. the one timers are uh, Pedersen, McKinnon, Drysital, Kucherov, J.T. Miller, Austin Matthews, Barzal, and David Osternak. Give me Drysital. All right. All right, Lonnie. Uh, Kucherov. All right. Passing challenge. Nope. Passing challenge. Uh, Lonnie. Uh, yeah, so I, I got Matthews for uh, okay. one-timers. All right. Passing. We'll start with Lonnie. Uh, what, what's the lineup there? Passing challenge is McKinnon, Nylander, Makar, Barzal, Miller, Kucherov, Hughes, McDavid, Pedersen, Matthews, and Dreisaitl. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take McDavid. Okay, Adam. Barzal. All right, um, I'm going to go Dreisaitl because he passes a lot to McDavid. Not that McDavid doesn't pass a lot to him. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, All right, uh, where, where do you guys want to go next? I'm angry at the hardest shot lineup. How I'm, is Kucherov not in this? I, I am... Yeah, I'm unenthused by the hardest shot lineup. The hardest shot lineup is Austin Matthews, Cal McCarr, David Pasternak, JT Miller, and Elias Patterson. How how is Kucherov not in this one? I don't know. I mean, listen, if you're letting these guys pick four of six, there might be four others he likes better. I, I, I don't can't. know. <laughs> All right, Adam, with that grunt, let's start with you. 
I don't want to pick the same guy twice, but I mean, like, Mc... go Pedersen. I mean, I really want to pick McCarr. Well, give me McCarr. No, give me okay. McCarr. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This, I mean, this is a defenseman's game, right? The, the hardest shot is a D-man game. All right. Right, Lonnie? I mean, the Should forwards be. don't do this. Eh, don't, not usually. Uh, JT Miller. As you pick a forward. As I pick a forward. <laughs> oh. I got to keep it interesting. Lonnie, I'll join you with that. I'll take pasta. Oh. All right. Shall we do stick handling or accuracy? What what happens when Austin Matthews finishes in last place in front of the home crowd on this one? See, and you were asking me about the uh, picking Matthews for the one time where I got strategy behind that. but Mm, Okay. Got it. Uh, All right. So stick handling. All right. Stick handling is Quinn Hughes, Connor McDavid, Elias Pettersson, Nikita Kucherov, Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, David Pasternak, Matthew Barzal, and William Nylander. Uh, we'll start with you, Lonnie. Uh, I am going with huh, Nylander. Oh, man. You take him. That's yeah. Like radio. All right. Uh, Adam. McDavid. McDavid? Okay. Haven't picked him yet. All right. I, I got to go with the sweetest hands in hockey. Nathan McKinnon. It's allowed. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Accuracy, oh, accuracy shooting. Last one. Are, are we... That's, Lonnie, we're assuming that the targets are going to be Cheetos, right? They're not going to be bullseyes this year. Like, they're going to incorporate something into it, I think right? it's got to be something incorporated yeah. in there. They're going to be orange be. and probably full of yeah. dust or something. Something, yeah. Uh, Kucherov, Makar, McDavid, Hughes, Miller, Pasternak, Nylander, Dreisaitl, Matthews. Adam. This one's tough. Yeah. This is yeah, such is. a, like, <laughs> yeah, it is. This one's so tough. Um, give me Nylander. Okay. I, got, I, I think him and Miller go four for four. I think Nylander goes faster. Okay. Uh, Lonnie. Dry sidle. All right. Um, I'm going to go Matthews. And I will disclose my uh, my motives for that here in just a minute when we pick the million-dollar winner. Who is going to take home the cash prize and the accolades that come from the Connor McDavid-approved skills competition? Well, I picked McCarr twice, so I have to go with McCarr, obviously. Uh, that just means he makes it out of the first round, right? They go to another round and they go two rounds after that. I mean, yeah, they go to seven and eight. You got to be yeah. in the top six, top eight from the top eight out of 12 go on to the goalie stuff for yeah. the one-on-one and the obstacle course. Okay. But I, that means you don't have to take Makar. No, but, the, so that's, but it helps. It I'm, helps. Not gonna, it helps. I'm not hedging. No, I'm not hedging my bets. I got, okay. I got to go with my convictions. Okay. Lonnie. Uh, Nylander. I got six, I've got six different winners, so I gotta. You do. 
You, you play the long game here and see uh, you know, who, who can rack up second and third points, second and third place points. I, I know this is supposed to be a, uh, you know, more skill, more competition, but you got to have the, the hometown player win. It's got to be Austin Matthews. But it's not like judging trick shot like it used to be no. where the hometown would always win. Also, William, no. N- William Nyland- Nylander. Home, he does play in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Rumor. That's true. But McCarr does not. No. no but he, he is not. good. He is very good. All right, those are our picks for this Saturday for the All-Star Game festivities, the skills competition. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at PHN Podcast. And if you'd like to submit your picks on uh, who's going to take away the million dollars, you can submit them using the hashtag PHN Picks. For the record, I think every player at the All-Star Game is very good. Yes. Tends to, be, that tends to be a requirement. Or at least the best on your team. How about Calgary, Chicago? No representatives in the All Star Game. Yeah, trade and injury. That's uh, just, it's right. just interesting. I mean, it, it's it's interesting. Tom. Yeah, it is. At the injury, they didn't fill the injury with it. It's, I, I, I'm a big believer. I don't think every team should be represented. I agree in any of these sports. Yeah. I can't stand it. So, okay, parting shots. Time for thoughts. Executive producer. Richard Cote. Ah. Um, you know, I, I have a little bit of an ax to grind. Um, if anybody who's known me for a while, they know I am a, uh, I've been a big fan for a long time of the San Francisco 49ers who are now playing in the, uh, the big game coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, really know your audience. Good God. Too soon. I, uh, really? Really? Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this has nothing to do with with them going to the big game uh, and everything to do with the failure of the NFL to anticipate selling jerseys with the Super Bowl patch because fans are going to want those. You go on the the NFL's website, you go to the San Francisco store, you try and order a a 49ers jersey with the patch on it. You can't get it until after the Super Bowl is done. It won't ship to you until February 14th. Same thing with the Chiefs. If you get the Chiefs jersey, it won't get to you until after the Super Bowl is over. Uh, If you are a 49ers fan, you know they're going to be wearing white during the Super Bowl. You want to get one with a patch on it? You can't. They don't have it on the store. So that's just a little bit of an axe to grind with the NFL right now. A little failure to cash in on something that people are looking for right now. But the jerseys are sweet. I'll leave it. At I worry about that. First off, people really want one with a Super Bowl patch. They'll buy it afterwards anyway. Secondly, are they selling just the patch online? They are not. Mm. It was not nowhere I could find. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, because you just get that in an iron and you're, you're golden. Oh, I, glue. Yeah. yeah. But I, I need okay. a new jersey. My, my latest 49ers jersey I have is Frank Gore. I, I think I need an updated one. Who you get? Frank, Frank Gore, whose kid is now in the upcoming yes. NFL draft. Exactly. Exactly. Who you get? Uh, uh, either McCaffrey or Purdy. Okay. I, I, okay. I, I'm a believer in Brock Purdy. I might get his jersey. There you go. Um, wait, uh, Lonnie, are you okay? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Resident I'm fine. Lion fan. 
I'm fine. I'm done talking about it. Uh, Sorry about that. Um, best best prop bet I've seen for the the big game. Over under on jersey number of first touchdown scored. Twenty two and a half. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Banging the under. So you're betting on McCaffrey, Pacheco? Or no, Mahomes? McCaffrey's twenty three. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I thought you. I'm oh, betting yeah. on Debo, Ayuk, okay. Jennings, Rice, Pacheco, Mahomes. Mahomes. Okay. Or Purdy. That's seven yeah. right there that are very plausible. And the over is basically Kelsey and McCaffrey. Kelsey, right. Kittle, McCaffrey. Kittle, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kelsey, Kittle, McCaffrey a, are the overs. It's a juicy. I'm juicy over banging under. the banging the under. If that is okay. the uh, right. that is if if that were my thing, if I were a betting man, that's what I'm doing. If I knew who was getting the ball first, that would make a difference. I think McCaffrey scores the first San Francisco touchdown. I'm not yes. sure it makes a difference because any of the three, any of those three of of the two tight ends or or McCaffrey are, I think. At, I mean, I think all three of them could score in this game. Oh yeah, I mean, well, they're all as likely to score as not. So like, that's a. Yeah. I, I think you're betting the numbers at that point of just the the options under twenty two and a half. But I love that bet. Though. Isn't that a good one? That's, that's good great. Okay, we got Lonnie happy again. Now we can. Now right. he can tell us his, <laughs> his party shot. <laughs> it's February second, and you know it should be the dead of winter uh, here in Minnesota. Uh, two days ago, it was fifty five degrees. It has been above 40 all week, and there is no snow anywhere in on the ground outside of the stuff man-made at Ski Hills, and it is weirding me the hell out. This is not normal. I'm not okay with this. I'm super confused. This feels bad. Well, if it makes you feel any better, uh, I got a friend, uh, coworker that uh, is trapped in the western slope of Colorado in Durango because he's trying to get out today or he won't get out for a week. Oh, wow. So we're, we're going to get slammed. Yeah. So you're enjoying that weather and Ski Town, Colorado is not. They're, they're having winter. Yeah, it's not great times. It, it's very weird. But but for those who like spring, spring's coming early, according to Phil. Yep. Phil did not see his shadow today. That's right. So early spring. Yay! <laughs> My closing thought. Uh, USA Hockey mandated um, net guards under 18. Recommended for over 18, not mandated, starting in August. Um, I was... Sh- so this before... Before the incident that we've had in the last year, um, I was shocked as a youth hockey parent of a now eight-year-old. When I started my kid on the ice a couple of years ago, like when I bought, you know, bought her equipment and, and like net guard and mouth guard were, were part of my buy. Like wasn't even a thought to me to not have net guard and mouth guard. It is amazing to me how many kids have neither. Seriously? Yes. And, and I'm a bigger proponent from things I've learned. Like, I think mouth guard should be mandated. Absolutely. I still wear a mouth. Like, I wear a half shield. Don't wear a full cage. So, argument about that. Fine. I get it. People have, you know, taken elbow to the face a couple weeks ago. Stupid. What? Anyway, um, 
I've always worn a mouth guard concussion reasons with locking your jaw, keeping your brain tighter, all that. My kid has, has since day one has worn it a couple of times. She doesn't want to wear it. She knows it's not a choice type thing. Um, but kudos to, to USA hockey for, for mandating this. I, I wish mouth guards would be mandated actually more than neck guards. I think there's more to save in the mouth guard era than, than the neck guard era, just personally. Um, I know people are going to say it's overreach and safety and, you know, until somebody dies, we don't do something, which is true. Like nets in, in the hockey arenas and baseball and, you know, now with the neck guard stuff, but um, kudos to that. Uh, I, the nice thing is I think we're going to see an acceleration of production, not just neck guards, but now they're making under armor under, under garb, you know, base layer with the neck protection on it as well. Oh, um, good. So uh, my, my kids already asked, am I going to wear that? I'm like, Oh, now I'm starting to think, do I wear it just mainly to show her that I should wear it type thing. Um, Cause she's already chirped me that I don't wear a full cage when I took a sucker elbow and she's, she literally on the ride home said, daddy, if you wore a full cage, like I did, that wouldn't happen to you. Damn. I was like, yeah. And if the guy didn't have a full cage on that did it, I would have punched him in the face, but that's. Oh, <laughs> so kudos to USA hockey. I don't think this is overreach. I don't think this is too much. Very, very happy that, that, that they are doing that big fan. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So, but still shocked how many kids don't wear mouth and or neck guards in youth when, hockey when i before i kept getting injured even playing like adult rec level soccer i took two or three inadvertent like kick soccer ball shots to the face and i started wearing a mouth guard because i was tired of feeling like my belt i don't think it was ever concussion stage because yeah. soccer ball is a lot lighter than the puck but it, it comes off at uh at at velocity it sucks. It is not a comfortable yeah. feeling. And I would much rather just protect my teeth and my jaw and my head than not. And mouth guards aren't for teeth folks in case they're for concussions. Yep. Yeah. They're, 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 they, they're concussion protection, not teeth protection. So, you know, Lonnie, what, 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 I, I, tangent. Yeah. Um, one of the best sports stories though, for you is if I, if I remember this correctly, you played soccer for years, even played hockey, played slow pitch softball. Shattered the ankle playing softball though. The least wasn't a shatter. It was a least, it was a least of the stage. It was sports. a fracture <laughs> because somebody couldn't make a simple throw, and I slid, and he landed, sandwiching my ankle between his butt and the base. Let's see, you played three sports. Two of them with some contact in them, and the one with yep. no contact is it's the one that got me. Yeah, I remember that call. That was that was. Yep, Father's Day with a yep. uh, three-month-old. And let me tell you, the rest of my wife's maternity leave spent as a chauffeur was not a good time. Very much. Oh, or for me, because I kept hearing about it. Uh, good yeah. times. There you go. For Richard Cote and Lonnie Goldsmith, this is Adam. Enjoy the All-Star festivities, folks. Check everything out on ProHockeyNews.com. You've been listening to another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast.